Welcome to Alter Economics Presents. I'm Alex. And I'm Jared. And it's just the two of us today. It's going to be a short one. It, 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 I mean, we don't know for sure because we haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> I mean, we could do the whole episode and then do the intro at the end so we know what we're talking about. Oh, that could thing. be. But that seems like more work. Yeah, and that's just, more editing for you. I mean, it's not a whole <laughs> lot more, but it's enough that I like, no, let's let's just see how it goes. Let's yeah. see how this is more of a natural, raw feeling of how it's going to go. There we go. Yes, we can dive into something deep. <clears throat> yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But yeah, Laura's not here. She's at work. Um, that's her schedule every other week. And unfortunately, Adrian had something come up. He'll be out until April-ish. So it'll be the three of us, or the two of us, depending on which week it falls on. We can handle this. We can handle it. We just may have some shorter episodes, because as everyone knows that listens, Adrian can talk a lot. And I don't talk a whole heck of a lot. So I talk a decent amount, but it was slow. We'll still make podcast episodes. Uh, oh, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. We're in the routine. We already have the equipment. Let's just keep going with it. Yep, agreed. So, with that introduction out of the way, I want to say this week's episode is brought to you by a viewer of ours or a listener. I, I still want to say viewer. Like, I keep it viewer. Yeah. It sounds better. It rolls off the tongue easier. Yeah. I mean, listener, eh, yeah. it's just, it's, listener, that's so, like... 20th century. They have to look at something to click play. There we go. So. I, I like that. I like that. I, that works. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> so, um, I forget the name. Sorry that whoever you emailed us the other week, um, I don't have my email in front of me. Otherwise, I'd say, oh, thank you. I want to say their name is Brian, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, uh, they emailed us with some suggestions on podcast themes, and we went with one of them. And this week's is... What is something that would not work well as a live action adaptation, be it comic book uh, into a series or into from a comic book into a movie or even movie series at that point? And I will say this one was difficult to come up with something because with CGI and everything like that nowadays, you can almost put anything into a movie. So, Alex, you had some ground rules. What? So, I, I'm using some... I'm fudging some ground rules a little bit here. Mostly like, okay, you know when they did the live action Jungle Book a couple years ago? Yes. That's not live action. No, that was all CGI. That had one human person and 98% of it was the rest was CGI. Like that's, yeah, sure there's people in mocap suits, but let's be honest, it wasn't live action at all. No. I mean, it had a human and then CG first. So like that, like, okay, let's say... About 75% of it has to be legit. Yeah. No, you can, so be, you can say, still wear makeup. And right. For like like for, Hellboy. Like Hellboy, exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. The original Hellboy with Ron Perlman. Yes. The, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people like the other one. Yeah. I, I, watched, I barely watched it, so I, I don't have any judgment against it. But yes, that's the, like, okay, you can definitely do that. Where, I mean, the X-Men movies, any, any superhero movies that you've seen, like, those are still live action because that's been mostly people there. Because we discussed maybe Green Lantern, but there was a majority of it that was human, and even Sinestro, I think he was all makeup. But that's still enough live. That was still right. The main characters and everything was close enough. Because let's be honest, folks, ninety percent of all movies, I'll say ninety nine percent of all movies that are released Hollywood has some sort of digital CGI touch up here, there, or whatever. Yeah. Technology exists, so that's why they use it. It is what it is. Yep. Be it either you know a car explosion or some random thing on fire. Usually, there's some sort of CGI touch up to it. So, yep. like, okay, I'll, 
I'm not super cruel. I'll let that pass. So it has to be stuff that is mostly real. Yeah. Um, now, the problem being with this whole thing in general is like between that and like, oh, well, normally you might say, well, you know, the, the real comic book Civil War, you can never do. Because, oh, Fox was separate. Fox owned uh, X-Men. You can't really have the true version of that. Well, now they could because Disney owns it back again, so they can do that again. So they could, yeah. So that's like, oh, that gets rid of that limitation. Right. Could be budget-wise, but no, because CGI is so cheap by comparison now, you could do whatever. You would normally think like The Walking Dead when you see a horde of a thousand zombies. That's not feasible. It is now because they just digitally copy paste people and we're good to go. Yep. So, and that's that's definitely considered live action still. So there are definitely some caveats of this may not work because of that or that may not work because of this. So there are some extra rules that we'll probably explain as we go yeah. through each thing. Um but I want to start off first. Okay. Um cuz I think I have more on my list than you have in yours. Yeah. So I'll probably go first and then and last as well. <laughs> Uh, first one on my list is Avengers of the Wasteland. This was a trade paperback that was like five or six issues. And the reason why they couldn't do that live action is because it takes place in the universe of Old Man Logan. Um, and the reason why I say that's not pl- plausible because we saw the movie Logan, which is about as close as we're probably going to get to the Old Man Logan probably. comic. And that was doable. But the problem with not being able to do Avengers of the Wasteland is because Marvel would have to do two things. One, do another Old Man Logan book, you know, live action adaptation that introduces these characters. And two, they'd have to say, all right, we have the main MCU universe live action. Let's throw a bunch of money towards more live action. But that's has nothing to do with that universe, but kind of sort of mirrors it. Yeah. And that's such a huge investment. It is. And they're not going to do it with their main universe. No. They're not going to turn the future into a wasteland. Right. Now, could they do it as an animated movie? Absolutely. Definitely. They can make it a Disney Plus, you know, exclusive yep. and put it on that and like or Hulu or whatever. I could almost make an argument for it, but it's the investment part. I don't think they would invest in it. Right. You know, if they did something like a Days of Future Past style time travel thing to where okay uh we're gonna send your consciousness back in time to your old self so you can tell everybody hey don't screw this up right you know something like that yeah i mean the story is all plausible but it's the business for me is what the business gets in the way of the not doing it of it not being a feasible project for live action right and why would you invest in that when you could invest in thor you know movie number seven where you know it's going to net a billion dollars. You know, you know what? They're printing money when they right. do that. Yeah. This is, yeah. Why bother? It's like if they did a what if series live action. Why? I don't. Yeah. Why spend the money on that versus, oh, animation is significantly cheaper. And they can still tie it into the main Marvel universe like we're seeing with Doctor Strange. Potentially. We don't <clears throat> know for sure. Yeah, we don't know what's going on, but. It's definitely hinted in like, oh, yeah, no, I that, see Yeah, that's doing. evil Doctor Strange from. What if? The Spoiler what if. alert. Uh, oh, there, yeah. There's a. There's what a trailer if. out. And, and there's a what if episode where yes. there's an evil Doctor Strange. But either way. But yes. So that for me, that's why Avengers of the Wasteland is not feasible in live action one way, shape or another. Mostly because it doesn't make physical sense for them to do that. Right. When they already have everything else going on. Now, is it plausible? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I it's mean, doable, but it's, just, it's not something I see happening. Right. Yeah. It's definitely something that you can do. 
but I don't think they will. So I'm right. going to say it falls in the category of it will not be a live adaptation. Right. And I also want to kind of add one of our rules we had talked about. We, we want the live action adaptation to be as close to the original content as possible. Well, that, that, could, that could be one of the Yeah, one, one of, of the criteria. Yeah, yeah that that's, can be. that's been my criteria. Yeah. All right, so with that being one of your criteria, what's on your list? Uh, the first one is Batman the Killing Joke. I don't see this ever being adapted to live action in its entirety. I think they could easily do Barbara Gordon getting uh, paralyzed and, you know, Batman tracking down the Joker to do his thing. Well, the whole the Gordon having one bad right. day, that whole right. thing. Right, that whole thing can be done. It's it's the um, – right after she gets shot, she's basically – basically the comic implies that she's assaulted. It's, it's a sexual assault. It, yes. It's not explicit where they don't show anything and yeah. they, don't, they don't outright say it. Right. But she is nude. There's photographs taken and it is definitely implied that she was sexually assaulted. Yes. I don't think they can go that route for live action just because that is very, very graphic. You're not going to do that to one of your superheroes on the big screen, I you mean, know, with especially with how many kids go see superhero movies just because they are superhero movies. Right. That's, now, you might be able to do a different twist on like, oh, she was just mentally like – Joker gassed or, you know, like something like right. that to torment her. But then you're deviating from the original content. And, and so. Well, and my other, I would say the reason why they couldn't do that in live action is look at the animated movie that they did. It was, it was probably what, an hour long, maybe? Something like that. And they added so much because, just to fill it. Well, because the original story isn't that long. No, so in order not. to do a live action anything, Without it tying into another, you know, like, all right, we're taking source from this, this, and this. That kind of wires it all down. Right. If they want to do just that, there's not enough content there just to do just that. Right. I mean, if they wanted to do a live action movie where it's very Joker-centric, they could do a double team of uh, Death in the Family and The Killing Joke. Possibly. Or even you just know. the Joker, the, the graphic novel Joker with yeah. Killing Joke. Right. Um, but I don't see them adapting that. Then that's an, one of the other reasons it would be so short. The closest thing I could see them doing that would be if they did it like how Marvel used to do the digital extras on DVDs. Yeah. If they did it be. as a digital short like that. But again, where is the monetary payoff for that? Unless it'd be an HBO Max exclusive. Like, all right, here is, you know, this new Joker or this new Batman actor, I forget whose name is. Um, and we're just doing like here's a miniature short of him doing the killing joke. And that could be potential revenue for them if like could all be. Right, if they just abandon the whole, you know, giant movies, you know, full fledged movies and whole DC universe and just did a bunch of shorts like that, that could be really cool. Yeah, that could be. So But I still don't see them doing I mean they they might if it's HBO actually. I mean, now that you say that, that, if it goes straight I didn't think those those terms, if it goes straight to HBO streaming. But it still wouldn't be a movie or a TV series. It would be its own mini short, which is a loophole enough that let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be the only way that I could see it being remotely plausible. Right. Would be, and it can't be a full length feature movie. It would have to be maybe a 40 minute at yeah. most. Yeah. They, I mean, they could tie it in with like the Titan show that's going on if they did a flashback or something. Right. You know? And even then it's still, you know, they wouldn't do the whole thing. Like right. They'd, be... they'd cut out the sexual assault. So scenes. it wouldn't be a true adaptation. Right. So. So yeah, that is Killing Joke. Or no, not Killing Joke. Yeah. Yeah, killing the Killing Joke. 
I was thinking of Death in the Family. You know, wrong thing. Uh, Next on my list, Invincible. And I'm going to say there's a reason why they made it into an animated series instead of a a live action series or a live action movie. Uh, The amount of different alien races and just the level of gore and violence. Mm -hmm. We are willing to accept a certain level of gore in animation than we are live action, which is weird. Unless it's a gore flick. Yeah. This isn't a gore flick. No. Well, because I would normally say like, oh, the boys, but you know, they, Amazon, it's the same streaming service that did the Invincible series. Yeah. Did that live action. And it's again, superheroes, you know, adult content, live action. But I think Invincible, it just, I don't know if that's because Kirkman himself decided, no, let's keep this. You know, the similar, which the art style is identical to the comics. Oh, yeah. Which is, which I, I appreciate. Like, oh, you actually, I can tell who those characters are because they look exactly like this. Yep. And hey, random person that watched season one that loved it, you want more? Well, here's the comic book. You know, the exact, you're getting the exact same look. Right. Versus how many, I mean, if you watch the boys, then you go to the comic, well, this looks nothing like this. X Men. The original X Men movie, they were all in black leather outfits, and in the comics, they're in colorful. Uh, you know? They started doing the black leather outfits in the Astonishing X Men right around then, also. That like, doesn't count. I'm just saying, though, <laughs> it is plausible, but but yes, uh, there's a reason though that Invincible they didn't do live action. Yeah, um, I think because you can do more, you can do more, and you can tweak the story a little bit, and to do a true live adaptation of it. I think it would be so much slower paced in order to do that, or the expense would be super high with CGI. And just at that point, it's not, again, it'd be the, it'd be the jungle book aspect where it's not live yep. action anymore. Yep. And well, jungle book and they did a lion King too. And like, that's, I mean, if they went old school and did as little CGI as possible, did everything in puppetry, makeup, stuff like that. Plausible? It still wouldn't be. Because of the alien races and stuff and the portals and... Yeah. And the, there wouldn't yeah. be good. Yeah. It it just... There's a reason why they went with animated. And yeah. I think that's part of it. Like, it, they want to do it justice. And they're like, no, that doesn't really do that. And they, they'd modernize it. I mean, the the animated series, they definitely changed a lot from the comics. They, like, all right, yeah. we'll... we'll I'll have this here, but we'll like basically shuffle the deck of when the events happen for dramatic effect. Like slight spoiler alert for the first episode, they destroy the equivalent of the justice league. Yeah. They didn't do that until like issue 20, 30 in the comics. So like they, here's the hook at the beginning of this animated series. That's midway through the comic, like, or well, midway through the first compendium of the comic. I haven't actually read, a lot of the comic, I've read the like the first issue when they released it for a free comic book day and stuff like that. Did they skip a lot of stuff in the comic or it, did it just come after the second or after the first episode? It came after the first. Like they said, the first episode of the show, that, like I said, the whole killing them, that's like issue 20 or 30. Right. So they, they shuffled the, the order around for okay. TV and dramatic purposes. Okay. And they modernized things like... Um, cause you watch the show. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the best friend that is gay, mm-hmm. um, he is a heterosexual straight dude in the comics because it was also written in the like year 2000. So, right. It was 20 years old. So society has changed since then too. And he, they definitely made it more inclusive mm-hmm. within the animated series too. So that's a, like the diehards that read the book, like, Oh, it's not 100% accurate. Well, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want it to be 100% accurate. Why The Last Man? 
They not, modernized the crap out of that. For its benefit and its faults. Yes. Um, for me, I, I'm going to jump in and say that one's another one that it doesn't translate well because the book, it focused purely on York. That's it. Yeah, we had a few cut scenes away from him here and there, but very few. Like 98% was right. on York. That doesn't work well on the show when like, all right, well, but what about the world? Like us, the viewing audience has matured. Like, no, I don't like, yes, his story is important. However, you just set up that his mom is now the president of the United States. She was 30th in succession or whatever. Yeah. There's going to be some fallout to that. And the show did that. Right. However, the, the comic did, but very, very minuscule. Like, like two pages. Right. Like, that was and it. then once York left DC. alert, she gets assassinated pretty much. Well, and once York left mm-hmm. DC, you never saw the rest Not of DC. really. Versus the show, it focused on a lot of that. Right. So that is one thing that, for me, is not true to the show because York's story in season one should progress a lot further than what it did in the show. Agreed. And they dumbed down a lot of things, and I don't think they could do some of it because some of it can be attributed to, well, it's still sexual assault in a, in a sense. Like uh, women, would, once they find out he's a guy, they'd reach down and grab his crotch. Right. You know? it's Yeah, and, and there's just some things so, that – and I'm not saying it should – I'm not saying they should have translated 100% accurate. Right. Like, I definitely think there's some things that should have changed. Yes. But also there are some things, like, my biggest problem with the show is I've seen enough political drama in the last, you know, five years in real life. I don't want to watch it on television also. Yeah. I'm burned out on political drama. I agree. So when they do that, I get, you know, there are some parts of it that were, you know, like, oh, this is timely. But, like. For me, it's a little too much. Yes. And another thing was they tried to give backstory to where none was needed. Like Agent 355, they tried to give her too much backstory in the show. They should have kept her mysterious, just like they did in the comic. They should have kept true to that character as she is mysterious. You don't know what her past is, but she is one dangerous woman. Right. So that's a little like they did it, but should they have? Yeah, uh, it's like if they ever do a Firefly season two or a reboot. No, just leave it as it was. Yeah. Let it be perfect in everyone's mind. Don't touch it. Make something else. Yep. But eventually, all things get remade because there's money in that. Yeah. Anyway, next on your list. Next on my list was not Terra, because basically these aliens <clears throat> or well these creatures. I don't actually remember if they were aliens or not. They basically blot out the sun and leave the Earth in darkness. And there's these shadow-type creatures. I can't remember what they're called. I didn't prepare for this with Noctera, so I'm giving the big bullet points now. But uh, everything's at night, pretty much. Everything is in the dark. They're fighting these uh, creatures with flood lamps, pretty much. So either super bright that will blind the camera or super dark where you can't see what the camera's filming. And what comes to mind, and I'm going to bash one of my favorite shows, is Game of Thrones, where they had the big battle of Winterfell against the Night King. In the final season, that when thing it was, was too so dark. dark, you couldn't see what the heck was going on. Yeah, I don't want a show like that again. You know, and I don't mind night shows. Well, and you there's know? a way of doing it. To like, okay, here's like ten seconds of film of darks to give you the feel. Like, oh, I don't right. know what's actually doing. Like a flash right. here, flash there. But when when or you're I, missing a twenty minute scene because yeah. it's a, a long drawn out fight. But you don't know what's going on because it's too dark. Right. And I actually am going to – I'm going to go back. See if you remember these. The old 90s films at nighttime, they'd be filmed in like a blue light. Yeah. So or, you could still see what was happening to a degree. 
So, you, you know, but it was still sim- symbolizing that it was nighttime and everything like that. A lot of them, in, also instead of a blue light, they actually just put a blue filter over the lens. Yes. So it's not even blue light. They just put a blue filter. Right. So it gives that dark feel. I mean, you think of, um, oh, some of the vampire Yes, uh, Underworld. Underworld, thank you. Yes, yes. they like, would put a filter over the screen. You could see everything, but it was almost like a grayish, bluish tint at times. Right. And, but you could still see things, and everything was at night in those movies. Yeah. You know, how can they do that, but and, Game and, of Thrones couldn't? You know, and, but the, but the, for Noctera, because it thrives on the actual darkness of not knowing right. where the monster ends and where the background begins, right. you can't really do that. Like, oh, you definitely see the whole monster then, because right. there's the background. You would... Exactly. It'd be unavoidable to not see it. Right. And that would take away a huge aspect of the appeal of the story. Because that's the mystery of like, it can happen at any time. Right. Now, the premise of the story, I think they could do if they, but they would have to change it completely to not being a night creature of some kind. Well, know? that's the other thing is how much CGI would be in the night creatures. I mean. That's enough. Yeah. I mean, yes, there is enough. I think there are yeah. enough humans there that you could definitely get away with it still being, quote, live action. Right. But the logistics of it to be true to the story. Yeah. Unless they go full low budget and the camera pans to the wall and there's a shadow on the wall symbolizing the creature or right. something, you know, that you don't want to see it that low budget. No, that, that's, a, that's a little bit so too much on that. I would one. say, with after watching the Game of Thrones episode and seeing how dark this books is supposed to be because there's full splash pages on there that are just a black page right. five memory serves not many but there's a few in there and like no one's gonna want to watch that right but in the book it works great it does it worked really well uh one i want to go with that i just thought of that was on my list batman court of the owls that one the, the biggest thing for that one is to, because the level that it shows the insanity that bruce is going through where you had to literally turn the book upside down, like to have that translate to a screen would be. Oh, yeah. Because, like, when he's circling his madness, like, you you had to turn the book upside down. You can still read it because the words were printed upside down as well. Yeah. If you turn the camera upside down, you get it, but it's not the same as, like, because you don't have to read anything. Like, it doesn't force you to know. You are shifting your perspective. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the camera's just oh, upside down. Everything's upside down. Oh, it's an artsy thing. Like, no, no. There's a reason to that. And it would hard, be hard to translate that on a film like, oh, why is it just upside down? Yeah. Oh, he it, he just flipped his world upside down versus in the comics. Right. Like it was normal, then it was sideways, upside down, the opposite side. Like you had to rotate it like a clock to get it to read the whole thing. And that was right. really cool. Like that aspect like, oh, they're playing with the real world medium because in order to read the text, you had to hold it sideways or you had to See, hold it upside down. I think because they could do it. If they didn't go that route with it, if they went like um, an Inception route where everything gets all trippy and you don't know what's what, you know. I guess, but that would make, that would feel more derivative of like, oh, they're just, you know, copying that versus the novelty of the comic of like, no, no, this is. You have to change change your perspective. You actually have to move it. Like the interaction of it gets you involved where you have to move the medium around versus, oh, if you're watching upside down, your brain will eventually flip it right side up. Yeah. But no, when you're reading it, you have to hold it sideways. You have to hold it upside down. Like you have to do it because they printed the text that way too. So like, that's just yeah. a cool little, little thing that like, Oh, that's, yeah, that's nifty. You can't put subtitles upside down on a screen. Right. But someone, what are you going to do in the theater? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, it would, it would work ish, but not to the same, in my opinion, to the same degree of like, oh, that actually gets you soaked in more, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, another one on my list, Saga, 
I know we've talked about it a million times. Yeah, I don't see it live action. We talked about it for nine weeks. (laughs) In case you guys weren't paying attention, we talked about it for nine weeks. Um, Yeah, the amount... uh, It could be, quote, live action, the same way Jungle Book was live action, the same way Lion King was live action, in which case it's all CGI with, like, two humans. That's about it. Right. Like, it's just... It's not... It's just not. You can't. Yep. Um, Any other ones that you can think of? Off the top of your head? Uh, I was just going to say uh, along the same lines of uh, um, the Avengers Wasteland is Dark Ages. Dark Ages by Tom Taylor, yeah. For the exact same reasons. Yeah. And I would say going that route too, Marvel Zombies or yep. Deceased. Deceased. Like unless – I mean I can see Deceased happening because DC has done a terrible job of making an actual cinematic universe. Right. So they like, okay, like, they okay, could do a are, one – Yeah. I mean honestly, that's good money. They're like, hey – yeah. DC zombies, live action. You know, people, I don't think the zombie fad is done. I think if it's there, oh, no. people would still go watch it. Yeah. So I think that would work. Marvel zombies, I think that the way Disney Marvel has set it up, they won't invest the money into that. Uh, and the last one on my list is Sunstone. Uh, a lot of people don't know this book, but it is a story. It's a romance book about uh, lesbians that are into bondage. To get that without it being smut would be very difficult to do. Yeah, or an exploitation film. Right. Or you can get headlines, oh, they're just doing that. It's for the layman, mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey, both lesbian and full nudity I, I, and bondage. bondage yeah. I, I don't think that's feasible. I don't think it is. Either. I mean, maybe HBO, but... Still, that's towing a line. It, it, it's a lot. It's It's plausible, but it's highly unlikely. So yeah, I think that's one that's like, uh, no, that's not. Yeah, that's probably that. that's probably not gonna happen. I mean, it's a good, it's a good book, and the story is actually more than just that. Yeah. However, just that getting that on film at all would be difficult. I would think. Kind of going along those lines of, could it be smut? Would be what about sex criminals? Uh, yeah, definitely no. I don't think. I don't think they could. Because that's them. If they dumbed it down to where they limit nudity and just imply more. If they made it cartoony, like if they made it like a parody, like if they, like a whole, like comedy, a full-fledged comedy, like over the top, zany. I, I almost picture, like a Leslie Nielsen type comedy. Well, I almost picture like the male character, the protagonist being like Seth Rogen, like someone, oh, okay. someone gotcha. dopey like that, gotcha. like, 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 you know what this is going into it. Like, you know, it's going to be ridiculous. But even then, like, the whole sci-fi of, like, all right, and freeze time and to spend the money on that also. And when – I'm not going to mention the names of the, the the shops that they go to, the actual sex places, because this is a clean podcast. And it's, Yeah, we're towing the line here. Yeah, we're, we're towing the line. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that is necessarily feasible at that point. Right, yeah. So. It could be, but I they'd have to dumb it down. Yeah, it, it tows the line. So, uh, what are some things that you guys think that would not adapt well into live action, be it series or TV shows? Uh, comment on whatever streaming platform if, you, if they have comments. Let us know that way. Uh, that was the best plugging I've probably had in a while. Yeah, that was good. Uh, and with that, we'll move on to books that came out this week. That is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. It's a light week, folks. Um, for me. I only had two books in my pool, and I only picked one up off the shelf. I had more than that, um, but it was like 
barely double digits. It was like yeah. 10 or 11 for me. Usually I get to around 20. Uh, but I was talking to Mark today at the store. He's like, you know, it's the first of the year. First of the year is usually pretty light because the comic book industry knows, well, people spend all their money on Christmas. Yeah. So. To have our big books come out in February and beyond. Well, usually just spring at that point. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's going to be a lot of a holding pattern until around March. Yeah. January, February are usually pretty slow. Big events start to happen in March. They start advertising in January. We had the March beginning of spring stuff, and then free April, May, day. free comic book day. Yeah, that's what they start to usually ramp up. So right now it's a little light, but it is what it is. Uh, Jared, what is one of the books that stood out to you? Um, Dark Ages number four. It's by our good buddy Tom, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor, you can't go wrong. Yep. This book just added to it so much more. You know, um, Apocalypse has got uh, Magneto tied up and is using him to make a Faraday cage yeah. to be to allow you electricity. I mean, yeah. that was an episode two or three that they did that one. Was that? Yeah. I yeah. don't want to say that was two. I think it was two, but, uh, we're starting to get, uh, get the heroes organized and they're going to go make an assault. They, they are going to attack apocalypse. When it, uh, first page spread, I thought it was a pirate night crawler. But it's, he's still actually a good guy working right. on everything. But uh, the shield helicarrier is now a sail barge, pretty much. <laughs> and Nightcrawler's been... captain still. Yep. And we see old Nick Fury. He shows up in this. I don't want to give too many spoilers away and everything. But uh, this was a great issue. I cannot wait to see what they're go- how this is going to wrap up. Because I think it's only a six issue, isn't it? It is only a six issue. Um my biggest problem with the series is I know we won't get Dark Ages Volume 2. Um, or if we do, it won't be the same capacity because since the creating of this series, Tom Taylor signed exclusivity to DC Comics. So he will not be coming back tomorrow to do this until his exclusivity rises up. Which, or they'll unfortunately they may pull uh, Injustice theory like, oh, if it does really well, we'll just have someone else write the next volume. Yeah. It, prob- it, it probably won't feel the same. No, I think. Um... They could get Bendis to do it. I think he would do a good follow Bendis has exclusive with DC as well, That's I believe. That's right. He does. Because yeah. he's doing the Superman. He, and the uh, and just uh, he did the Just League versus the Legion of Superheroes this week. Yes. So, yeah, he is he is with DC as well. Um, but, yeah, the one cool thing with this is it really shows, like, yes, you know, the world went to crap when all the superheroes and all basically all the technology failed. However, this is the mutant's time to shine. It is. They don't need technology. It's just their nope. own biology. And they have really stepped up like, hey, you, no more anti-mutant anything. No, mm-hmm. no. You need us now because like Colossus, he's dropping anchor. Multiple man, he's manning the ship. Yep. Storm, she's powering the ship. Right. So like they definitely like. Nightcrawler's bouncing around around the ship, giving orders and everything. It definitely shows like, hey, this is their time to shine. They yep. are this is the Magneto's prophecy of like, no no, mutants are the future. Yep. Now, we didn't know why, but this is a new reason why. Yep. But it's got a surprise character towards the end. I'm not gonna give it away. And the cover's got Fin Fang Foom. Oh, it does. Yeah, he's Ant- the surprise character. With Ant Man <laughs> and it's I really guess that's cool. not really a surprise since he's on the cover. I mean, but for me, Fin Fang Foom stands out because I just played the Guardians of the Galaxy game on my PS5, and they, at one point they try to capture him. So, oh, oh, that's cool. So for me, like, hey, that works out pretty well then. Yeah. More Fin Fang Foom for everybody. Yep. So the one thing that surprises me with this book is 
um, Logan Wolverine is not the Wolverine in this. X twenty three yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know. Which I'm okay with, but I'm like, I wonder what happened to him in this universe well, then. And I was thinking, was he one of the people that died in the first volume, the first issue? Maybe and it could be because I I think Cyclops got killed. Right. So I and there's I, no Jean Grey that I've come across. I definitely need to go back and reread the whole thing. Um, yeah, I think this is, I would like to do that too. And at this point, I mean, we do have issues one, two, and three on the shelf. Issue four was polls only. So if you, if we can't get number four, definitely check this out when it hits trade. Yeah, it won't be too long. We've got two more issues, so two more months ish. It actually feels like it's been coming out. It's monthly. Yeah. Is it? Okay. I couldn't quite tell because it just felt like I read issue three. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those like, Definitely check it out when it comes out because it is fantastic. And it's a, it's a world that you don't need to worry about what's going on with this, what's going on with that. It's by itself. So as long as – if you're listening to this podcast, you know enough that you'll be fine reading it. Yeah. Yep. And it's Tom Taylor. It's a good read. It is, Art yeah. is really good as well. Tom Taylor at his classic glory. Yeah. Uh, next one on my list is going to be Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, number one. It's a three-issue miniseries written by Chip Zdarsky. It is following up the previous Daredevil series where Elektra became Daredevil because Matt, I'll be honest, I haven't read the whole series, so I don't know for sure yet, but I'm pretty sure Matt said, all right, I'm done being Daredevil because I screwed up. I killed someone on accident, and she takes over, and she still has the rules of, hey, you're not allowed to kill anybody because you're still Daredevil. Now... In the comics right now, they're both running around as Daredevil again. However, this is still focusing on her version of Daredevil. And it's really cool with her past. Like, okay, there's the, you know, meeting a Matt when they were younger, meeting, uh, being trained by the stick, getting kicked out by the stick by not being good enough, and then being recruited by the hand. And then the handler that – the handler for the hand <laughs> that – helps train her and everything. It was really cool, dramatic, and it's only a three-issue series, which I think is really cool, like – it's a very concise, like, we know it's not the big, you know, this is not the new Daredevil. Let's be clear. It's not that. However, this is a continuation of that story, and it focuses some, it shines a little limelight on Elektra, which I think is a good choice because Elektra by herself wouldn't sell, I don't think. Probably not. But now, does this tie into Devil's Reign at all? I mean, it ties in from the standpoint that they both have Elektra as Daredevil then. But oh. as of right now, I haven't seen any direct tie-in with Devil's Reign. Okay. Um, but it is still that, good. That's good, though. Yeah. I, I like that it's not tying in and it's separated. Right. I'm I'm going to assume that this is a bridge between the previous Daredevil series and then the upcoming one that will be after Devil's Reign. I don't know that because I haven't heard anything about anything after that. But let's be honest. It's Marvel. They're going to make more Daredevil. That's just the way it's going to be. Especially since he popped up. In, in Devil's Reign. Spoiler alert for those who have not sp seen Spider-Man. Yeah. He pops up. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it's going to be a thing. That it's, he's going to be around. It is what it is. So, that, yeah. But this one is really cool. It feels like it's going to be a high pace. It's a fast story. And it's a light investment. It's a super light investment with only three, three issues. issues. Yeah. That's pretty good. So, and it's, yeah. And people are like, oh, Daredevil. Oh, it's female. Oh, it's, it's probably Electra. Let's see what's going on with that. Versus if it was just Electra book, like, nah, I don't care about Electra. Yeah. But because it's the gimmick of her as Daredevil, I think that'll work out in the in the favor. Yeah, I do too. Uh, what else is on your list? Um, I just wanted to point out to Star Wars number 20. It's kind of like a, it feels like a filler episode. I 
couldn't tell if they were going with a new story arc here, but uh, it re really reminded me of uh, the uh, book of Obi-Wan and Yoda and stuff from a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, he's got a holocron of Yoda teaching him Force stuff, and he goes to a planet that Yoda says to go check out. And I don't want to give any spoilers away. Or so the rest, like that. the rest of the story is kind of spoiler territory. Yeah, for that one. so I will just kind of stop there and say that I enjoyed this. It's actually a decent jumping on point. I'd say it's pretty, pretty self-contained, really. It is. So I don't know if it's just a very small story arc. If it's only going to be like two issues or three issues or something, and then they're going to start a bigger story arc or what? But uh, I enjoyed this one. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I would mention briefly is Robin and Batman number three. Uh, three of three. That's another mini. It's another mini mini series. Um, where I know we talked about issues one and two, where it's Dick Grayson's point of view as a child, you know, when he's still young, learning how to be Robin, and this is the conclusion. And I'm happy with the entire run. Uh, I thought it ended very well. They could potentially do more because I mean, Robin's story continues. However, it definitely doesn't feel like it's not a the end question mark. No, no, it's the end. Like. We're good. I'm good with it. Um, they finally have the dramatic fight with Robin and Killer Croc because that's what they're investigating. And he truly learns how to become Robin, not just Dick Grayson slash uh, Batman psyche. He's like, no, no, he's his own hero. And they did a really good job with that. So that's Robin and Batman, three of three. I uh, expect it to be collected very soon. Yeah, I'll probably pick it up and trade because I made a mistake. I did not add it to my pull list. Yeah, and I mean, then it became pulls only before issue three hit the shelf, and I missed out on the third issue. I mean, we 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 tried to order it for you, so it might come yeah, in. It but... might come in, but that was my fault. That was one of those I completely forgot to add it to my pull list, that's, and that's knew what, knew what was coming like that. That's what we do every time we tell people, "Hey, if you like it, add your pull list. No yep. guarantees it'll be on the shelf later." So, yep, you are a living example of that. Yep, I am. So. All right. So with that, we'll move on to our second to last segment, which is a, our book club, our ah. alter, ego, alter Ego Podcast Book Club. Uh, this week, we're talking about Spider-Man. Uh, Bloodline. Bloodline. Thank you. Um, for those of you that do not want to hear about this or anything, uh, if you want to read ahead for next week, next week, we're going to talk about the uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye run. They recently put it in trade paperback. Um and we try to have it in the store or whatever, but we're, we're going to be discussing that one next week. So if you want to skip the rest of the other podcast, you're wrong. You should listen. However, if you don't want to listen to that, yeah, that is that is your homework for next week is the Matt Fraction Hawkeye Run. Um, that was 2014, I want to say. Isn't that Sounds right. Pretty series came out. That. So that'll be next week. Uh, this week. Okay. Spider-Man. So this is the Spider-Man book that was written by J.J. Abrams and his son, Henry. Yes. Henry Abrams. Um, so we're going to do this one a little bit differently. We're not going to go like, oh, issue one's like this. Next issue, like next, we're going to do main plot points and stuff like that. Just yeah. however order it goes. Right. So um, I'll kind of start us off with, uh, just at the very beginning of the book, there's this big battle and kind of- New uh, York is New messed York. up. And yeah. so is Spider-Man. Right. Um, it starts out with Spider-Man beat to heck. His arm is just mangled. Uh, he actually loses the arm That's during this I'm fight. I'm pretty sure you can see bone yeah, from his can. forearm. It almost, uh, it's broken. Um, it looks like... It's useless. Yeah. It is dangling. It is useless. Yes. And then there's this new big bad monster. Yep. It is called the... What is it called? 
Um, like the corpser or something like that? Crap, I, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, shoot. It, it's a brand new villain created specifically for this story arc. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, I'll look it up while you keep going. Yeah, it uh, that the MJ comes to help him up, but uh, the creature stabs MJ in the back straight through the chest. And, Full on murders. Yeah. And they kind of, uh, after that, they cut to her funeral. So you really don't know how the battle ends, but Spider-Man got away and the bad guy goes dormant for years after that. It jumps 12 years later. Yeah. Where Peter and MJ's son, Ben, is in eighth grade, ninth grade. Something like that. Yeah. I think he's, yeah, he's a freshman and yes. the friend is a, a sophomore. sophomore. Almost a junior. So he's 12-ish. She's 13-ish. No, he's no. he's a no. He's fifteen. Yeah, he's fifteen because he makes a they make a puberty joke. Yeah, with it, I was like, oh, I can barely grow body hair, let alone be you know a superhero. Right, but uh, yeah, uh, Aunt May is still alive, and Aunt May's kind of like a caretaker to Ben uh, because Peter is off being a photographer and everything, and trying to distance himself from uh, Ben and May. So. You know, he's trying to protect them by staying away, pretty much. And that leads to some animosity between Ben and him. Well, at this point, too, Ben doesn't know that Peter was Spider-Man or that he will have powers. Like, in this beginning third-ish of this issue, or no, I guess it was the end of this, the first issue, he gets, he develops spider powers where he can stick yes. to the ceiling. He, and Aunt May is like, yeah, okay. So we knew, we kind of knew this was this day was coming. So oh, yeah. here's your... Here's what happened. Right. And Aunt May's basically like, uh, yeah, you need to go look upstairs in the attic under some floorboards and stuff like that. And what does he find? The spider suit. So, you know, it was very predictable in that aspect, but it was really, it was done pretty well. I, I've been, I've enjoyed it. So we kind of get him as a kid now kind of goofing off with his friend so the villain, sorry, I finally found it, Cadaverous. Cadaverous, Because yes. he takes cadavers and reanimates them. Yeah. So he takes dead bodies. I was like, I knew it was like some sort of body, dead body name. But yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, he gets out with his friend and they kind of go vandalizing a little bit. She's kind of like an activist. She's a gets, tagger. Yeah. A spray paint tagger where she... She's the marker is the name of her superhero identity, her vigilante identity. It's pretty lame. But yeah. uh, it's a kid that just, uh, so yeah, she's the, I'll stay on my desk and yell at injustices and shut up, you're in detention. Right. Like, they make that joke of like, come on. Uh, right. But uh, as they're going out in costume, so she's, you know, not identified and she can actually tag things. He puts on a Spider-Man suit to go with her. Because he needs to hide his identity. Yeah. Well, he gets on the news, Cadaver picks up the trail. And everything goes yeah. to crap from there. And Peter shows back up too. He's like, what are you doing in that suit? You are painting a target on your chest, everything like that. So for me, and I'm just going to fast forward a lot Yeah, here. yeah, go for it. Um, so of course, you know, they fight the villain. They somewhat win, somewhat lose. Um, you, they find a, you find out the reason what how this is all happening is cadaverous is trying to revive his 
girlfriend of sorts. That's what I got. His out love it. interest. Yeah. At least his love interest. Yep. He experiments he, on he, the Avengers. He's trying to resurrect her. And apparently the key is the Parker bloodline. And he knows that Peter Parker. I don't understand why he knows while, while Peter Parker is a spider. Either. That's kind of a major loophole. Yeah. They, hole. they left that alone. Like, they just said, Hey, this is the reason we're going after the Parkers. Cause he's like, Hey, accept it. I needed the Spider-Man blood and Parker blood is the key. Well, wouldn't you put it to like, you should know that who he is and be able to find him, but whatever. It right. is what it is. Right. Um, it's just kind of a plot. But my biggest thing is like cadaverous. All right. Yeah, yeah, his story in your head? Yes. Mr. Freeze. Oh, definitely. It's identical. It is. I, I mean, there's uh it is. someone has a uh illness that's killing them, so we put them on ice or put them in a, in a robot, a, put their consciousness in a robot well, type of thing. Or they just put they put her body yeah, in, they a, did, in a cryo sleep. Yeah. In a tube. Like I was reading this, it's like Holy crap. I don't know if because well, I, was the, just, I don't know if it's because when I was reading it originally in single issues, it was like bi monthly, like every two or two or three months the issue came out and just so long in between. But reading it as a trade, like, holy crap, they just like 100% copied Mr. Freeze for this villain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he experimented on all of the Avengers, and that was actually their corpses that he was putting like their cadavers. Uh, their cadavers. They're, uh, uh, putting, uh, uh, you know, electronics in them and making them more robotic and trying to keep them alive and everything. He was trying like to that. find and the key it, to figure out. He basically controls them at that point. Well, he was trying to find the key to re to revive them. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, Spider-Man Jr. Uh, is able to, you know, he's able to find the, you know, they use his blood, he rescues it and ends up trying to save Peter because Peter is caught and dying. And of course, Peter does what Peter does and he sacrifices himself because you find out that one of the cadaverous monsters is MJ. Yeah. So he injects her. She's alive. He's dying. Peter ends up dying. And MJ is the new spider woman girl around. And then Ben is the new Spider-Man junior. Yep. Like it ends with the whole, the whole series ends with a brand new costume. Like, oh, it looks like she gets a blue spider symbol and his is the standard one. I don't know. Yeah. His weird. looks more black and red. Almost kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, MCU Spider-Man costume where it's just black and red mostly. Bit, yeah. You know? And, and, and well, it's just... And it, it makes sense because the suitcase that had these suits were, were left by Tony Stark. Right. So he designed these suits. And it was cool to see an older Ironheart Riri Williams, like her as an adult. Yep. CEO of Stark Industry. Uh, they make fun of Tony being a drunk hippie with a man bun. Yes. Like, and... How he's really went off the deep end. He's like, I'm literally living in a basement, guys. Yes. Yes, my life isn't great. I'm living off of alcohol and greasy pizza. Right. It's not great for me because all his friends are dead. So he went to depression and alcohol and that, that is what it is for him. Yeah. Overall? Oh, okay. So I'm going to give it at a five-point scale. One being not good at all. And five being this is a fantastic. You should get it. Um, overall, I would say three out of five. It's okay. I would agree. It's fine. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't great. But I think... If you want a one-and-done story of Spider-Man, it's okay. Yes, and I gotta say, I don't think J.J. Uh, Abrams or his son has ever written a comic book before. Right. It, I think this is a debut story of a couple of, you know, other than being in the movie franchise and doing that stuff... They're inexperienced with comics. Right. I would say this is a very solid first comic for if they were getting into that business. Now, I I, I feel like this was just a publicity stunt. Like, hey, I feel like Henry Abrams, J.J.'s son, probably does want to write comic books. 
However, he's a nobody, but old Papa JJ. Yeah, put his name has on his it. his name on it. Like, oh. And Marvel's like, well, we make money off of this. So, sure. Yep. And like I said, it's fine. It, it was. Um, I feel like if they, what they should have done to like bust his chops a little bit, whenever they do like a major event, like right now they're doing Devil's Reign. Mm-hmm. If they do a Devil's Reign uh, one shot side story, Give him that. Like, here, learn how to write on a story yes. that doesn't – like, here, we'll give you the – you can only – you know, these are the characters you're playing with. You can't really affect the story, but let's see how you interact with them there. Learn yeah. how to write in the Marvel way doing that. That would have been better than, oh, sure, we'll give you your own headlining thing. Yes. And be like that's this was the – well, I know somebody. That's how I got this gig. Right. That's what I thought too. But I will say the dialogue between the characters was very solid. It was very good. It was solid. The story was predictable. I don't think it was true to Peter Parker though. I agree. Like, sure, MJ was dead. Well, He's in depression. He's trying to protect and his- he, And he has a kid that he yeah. doesn't- Like, he's- He is wouldn't so, abandon his kid like th- that. This was him if Uncle Ben didn't do the great power, great responsibility- Agree. Like, if you're going to say, okay, well, you know, your family's dead, you know, you, you but, you know, your wife is dead, but you have a kid, what are you going to do? Well, right. I'm going to run away and hide. Right. That, that is not what Peter Parker is. Peter and I Parker, feel like, to me, it, what the way they're doing in Dark Ages is Peter Parker as a dad. Right. This Peter Parker does not feel like him. Like, yeah, we've seen moments in comics where he's had, you know, he's went to the dark side, so to speak, and yeah. he's left behind his high ground, everything like that. However, when he left, like, no, no, Aunt May, you raise him, he'll be better off without me. You know, he, he'll be better off without a father figure because, I mean, yeah, but you kind of didn't have a father figure too, and but you turned out okay until you didn't. And then, like, it's, it's very contradictory of yes. Peter Parker. Yes. I'm not saying it's unplausible, but it seems like okay. Well, I want to ha- I want to tell this story, so I'll just make him act this way just because. Right. It, it doesn't track with the history of Spider Man. No, and the way he kind of got beat up and taken out there at the end, or you know, in the middle. I mean, I'm like, his he's got spider sense. He, you can't tell me he didn't see something coming like that. Well, I mean, he, and he does. Like he went out like a punk almost. Well, well, like well he, he got, when he got, when he got clawed, yes, yes. Now he did when he he did turn to. Real Peter Parker, like he was true Peter Parker. When hey, all of our spider senses are tingling because we all have it now. Something's bad's happening. He's like, I can't get away, and he shoves them and away to shoves, save yes. them. That is the most Peter Parker thing in this entire uh, book. Agreed. That was accurate to him. Yes. Um. That being said, one page out of the whole book. That's a little not yeah. great. I, I feel like this is not an accurate enough representation. That's what I'm saying. It's a fine story. Yeah, it was good. It was good enough. Yeah, and we yeah, might I wouldn't, nip- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was good. It was good enough. Like, oh, if I – like, when you buy, like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Oh, I'd say it was a solid three out of five. But so. it's nothing like, this is amazing, and this no. is really, really good. Or it's something terrible is better than the book Trouble. But it's definitely some similarities to Trouble, though, where it's so out of character yeah. for that – for that character, it yeah. just doesn't it, – it sits wrong with me. Right. And you look at their what-if stories and everything like that. Like Peter Parker is still Peter Parker in those what-if stories. Right. Now, you know, this say you don't read a whole lot of Spider-Man, but you, you know roughly the character. This will probably be fine for you. Yeah. Agreed. But when you're in the trenches as much as I am with it, like, uh, 
I know too much. I've seen behind the curtain. Yeah. I know what you know what's getting made here. Yeah. So it's like as a one and done, sure, fine. Right. Um at I, this point I haven't heard any sequels, rumors or anything. They definitely ended it where they could do more, but I kinda hope they don't. Yeah, I don't they don't need to. Like just end it with that yeah. somewhat happy ish ending. Oh, like, yeah. I mean Peter's still dead, but eh, MJ's yeah. back. She's got spider powers now. Yeah, I didn't care for that part either. It's like, oh, somebody who's been dead for twelve years is now alive and now Peter's dead. Yeah. It's like and we didn't get to see the actual like Peter a, Parker, a full connection with him. Peter They're, Parker didn't do anything, pretty right? Much, other than get stabbed and strung up, and then at the end he saved them, right? But, yeah, it, it is. I'm, I'm torn with it because um, again, this is the first time I've read it since it was in single issues. So I know people. It's one of our higher selling Spider-Man books that we have, mostly because it is one and done. Yeah, you're, you're good to go. Um, and it wasn't bad by any it, means. Correct. Yeah. I know I, I seem critical saying, you know, it's not great. And at this point, I expect greatness. Like, that's just the way it is. I mean, come on, Marvel. You can you can do greatness. Yeah. And sure, everyone has an off day or whatever. But ultimately, for me, it comes down to this was made because J.J.'s kid wanted to do it. And so they did it. Yeah. It wasn't of like, oh, yep. this is a good writer. And at least that's the impression that I get. I haven't done right. the research to actually see, you know, what his history is. Right. But I've never heard of Henry Abrams before this. No. And when it says J.J. Abrams, Henry Abrams, it's like, oh, there seems like a lot of nepotism going on here. Yeah. And that sits off. That sits wrong to me to begin right. with. But I will say, if this is is the first book he's ever written, it was solid enough for his first out, outing. It, and if he gets more experience under his belt, his belt he yeah. may become a great comic writer. Yeah, if this is his first thing ever written, very well well done. Yeah. Like, but I have to assume he's done some things. I would think I would so. think, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, still though, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, like I said, I don't want, I don't want more. I'm good. No, same here. Um, But if you don't know a whole lot about Spider-Man and you want to see what happens when Spider-Man gets old and has a kid. This this, could, this, this is, a good is one. An, this is an option. Uh, I know Laura's yelling since I mentioned that, saying that you said this is a good one. Spider Girl is better. Agreed. If you want to see an older Peter Parker with a child, that one's a better one. Not just because it's her favorite, but also because it makes sense true to the characters. Yes. And this one, Peter felt wrong as a character for the most part. Same here. To me. Yep, I agree. To me, at least. I don't know. No, I, people, I, I agree 100% with Well, that. I mean, I don't know. It just Adrian may like... think that it's a better fit. Laura may. I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. They're not here. But Same for here. me, it doesn't fit 100% like Peter Parker. Same. So. I, I agree with that. So, that is our review of Spider-Man. What is it again? Bloodline. Bloodline. Thank you. I always forget. I, I always think Spider-Man J.J. Abrams. That's the name of the series. Um, but no, Spider-Man Bloodline. And again, next week we'll talk about the Hawkeye series by Matt Fraction and David Aha. Um, is because we watched the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus, and let's uh, hey, let's. I know I've read the book. Have you ever read the books? I those? never have. So that'd be the a good reason for you to read it. Then art, I I just can't. You and Adrian both have told me several times. Just start reading it. The art will actually make the story it, it catch up better. Yeah. It, it'll catch up with the art. I just didn't care for the art. It, it's a lot, especially for the first issue. Like, it's a bit of a, a leap of faith. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was the same way when it first came out. I was like, eh. But, uh, but the story was what got me hooked. So, yeah. So, that'll be, we'll, we'll see what you say next week. Yeah. So, um, with that, we'll go on to the part that you always forget about. 
I remembered it this oh. time, but I still don't have one picked. And that is our hero of the week. Let it be comic book or otherwise. Uh, to buy you a little bit of time, how about I go first then? Okay. Uh, my hero of the week is going to be Betty White. I don't think we talked about her last week where she passed the oh, on New Year's yeah. Eve. Um, 99 and two weeks short of her 100th birthday. Her career with Golden Girls and everything under the sun since then and before then. What a worker. I love her stuff with Ryan Reynolds that's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and it's like behind the scenes, you know, I loved when she was like, uh, go get me a coffee. She's like, I, yeah, Ryan's like, I'm an, I'm an actor with you. It's like, when Betty White asked for a cup of coffee, you get her. <laughs> you a, get a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. And, and when she's on just the Golden Girls alone. Yeah. Um, and all of the 70s and 80s game show, if you, if you put on the TV on Game Show Network, if you have cable and have that channel, I don't have either. But when I was in the hospital, I did. You watch all these old game show network TV shows. She was on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And boy, is she funny. Like, a lot of that oh, still holds hilarious. up. hilarious. Yeah. And watching her on Community, you know, a decade ago now. Uh, I don't like that word. Um, and everything since, like, she was working basically up to the day she died. Not because she had to, but because she wanted to. Yeah. And She loved to entertain yeah. people. So I'm going to go with Betty White. Uh, her birthday will have been Monday. Will would have been I don't know, it's this coming Monday. It's also Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. It's her birthday, so yeah, I'm gonna say Betty White. I'm gonna kind of copy you, and I'll say Bob Saget at this point. Oh, because he just passed yep, also. He just passed yep. also. Yeah, so, uh, America's America's funny some videos. He was he was YouTube before YouTube. That's right. And, and he always had little voices and stuff to throw into. You know, voicing animals on that show and stuff like that. He always made that show fun. Yeah, and then just the Full House. Yep. And some it's, of his stand-up, like, oh, man. It's raunchy. Oh, it is so raunchy. It is yep. so you not. Don't, you don't expect that out of Bob Saget. But, like, uh, after watching Full House, that is yep. a poll. Like, how did they hire, why did they hire him? Exactly, Like, yeah. other than because he's that good of an actor, yeah. to, he can do that. Maybe they just didn't, never saw any of his stand-up, and then they're like, who the heck is this guy when they say uh, They just say, oh, you're funny. You'll do this. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, and he did great. Yeah, but, he did a great job. And, and then he was the narrator for How I Met Your Mother. Yep. Um, so, yeah, also great choice. So. Uh, let, you know, it's a good thing we don't have a third person here because there is no third celebrity dead yet. Let's let's, let's say – let's hope it doesn't come in threes this time yeah. around. Let's say it just ends out with that. So uh, with that, folks – uh, you know, we're close to an hour, even though the two of us, we, well, wow, we did. I like, thought it was going to be a short episode. I mean, it's by Adrian standards, it's like a half hour short. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials, uh, share the podcast and let us know what you want us to talk about next time. Um, categories and stuff like that. Mention some books that you want us to read and give our review of. So the first one that actually gets a rating is Spider-Man three out of five. Um, that's our first one that I know we mentioned it last week. Oh, we should do a rating system. But yeah. I forgot last week. Same here. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, solid three out of five. What was our book last week? Uh, last week was, uh, hello listeners. Thank you for listening. I, I oh, know what crap. I'm talking about. Um, let's say we did saga last week. Oh shoot. What was it? I, I have it right here. Oh man. Oh man. Yep. It's that one with a thing. Uh, Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan, week. yep. Old Man Logan was I'd last give week. that one a five out of five. I'd give that one a four. Four out of five. I'd, so If we were going out of ten, I'd probably say a not eight, nine out of ten. That's a, you about said eight, which is a, which uh, is eight, equivalent eight to a four to, out of five. Yeah. 
for me, it wasn't the best. The best there had it still had some room I to improve. Think it was it had really some good. Great stuff. It was still had some room to improve, but for me, the ending felt rushed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before we go even longer off the rails, because yes. we we don't need to fill time just because. Uh, yes, follow us on our <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow the podcast on MySpace. I still haven't logged in since Halloween. Sorry. Chances are the listeners aren't, aren't following on MySpace either, <laughs> except for Laura. She probably, I know she tried to send me a friend request on that or whatever, or however I that works. I may have liked the page too. Yeah, I don't know. I had to like recreate my whole MySpace. Well, yeah. I didn't even have a MySpace. I must have deactivated the account years ago. Or when they set, reset their servers, they deactivated it all. Could be. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you like the books we talked about, come to the store, tell us about them, pick them up, buy them, or just talk to us in general. We get lonely. We want to talk. We can talk a lot, as you can probably tell based on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we will plan on being here next week. Again, the book for next week is Hawkeye by Matt Fraction. Uh, and we already have a category for next week of the theme. The theme will be, would you rather dot, dot, dot. It'll be, I'm teasing next. We're actually talking about it before the episode today. That's how I know. Normally, we just figure it out on the fly. But here we go. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time.